As a fitness expert, celebrity trainer, and martial artist, I've tried just about every workout imaginable. But I have to say, cardio kung fu is easily the best workout I've ever had the privilege of participating in. I am truly, truly inspired by cardio kung fu. By all means, this is one of the best workout video ever, ever made. It's unique. It's also very challenging, but at the same time, it's very easy to follow. Cardio Kung Fu not only offers a great cardiovascular and strength training workout, but also the ability to learn a new skill. Kung Fu. Cardio Kung Fu is the best cardio workout I've ever done. It got my heart rate up and it kept it there. If you really want to get fit and have a great time working out, Cardio Kung Fu is the workout for you. Why don't you get your tape, try it out, and see for yourself. Good luck. in the podcast we cannot figure out an interface recorder what business do we have of thinking that we could do this well, we're film guys <laughs> that's true analog film guys yeah, that's right we're cutting paste we're Our, cutting cutting tape my my media knowledge stopped in the late 90s <laughs> so as did mine but hey we're back pump action <laughs> podcast yeah uh we're the host uh ty fighter t-bone yeah and today we're back we are discussing um blood sport blood sport, blood sport. <laughs> oh my god blood sport what a film i was gonna say the f word but i'm gonna try to <laughs> tone down on the old cussing i got two well when the testosterone flows That's when you right. t- when you start talking about <laughs> movies like this I just feel more manly when I'm just letting them fly. But I got to curb that, you know? I mean, we're, we're in 2023. I got to start curbing that a little bit. So anyway, but yeah, uh, Bloodsport. So um, if you haven't seen the film, shame on you. It's fantastic. It's got to be out there somewhere on Amazon Prime or Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming source you use. If you only see one Van Damme movie ever, it should probably be this one. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Perfect, yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's the perfect Van Damme film. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think we talked earlier before we went on air, or, or maybe during one of our many um, uh, prior fails <laughs> at recording this, episode two, um, that uh, I, I came across this... Um, one summer, I think I was talking about, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough, and we were fortunate enough, both of us actually, because we're about the same age, to grow up in the video store era, and that was like a huge part of our summers. Uh, you know, my parents both worked during the summer, so my brother and I were pretty much left alone to um, do whatever we wanted to, <laughs> and boy, did we. Uh, but I, yeah, our, our basic, um, our day started out, um, you know, eating frozen breakfast burritos off the old Schwann's delivery truck. Um, sometimes it was breakfast burritos. Sometimes it was the personal pizzas. Sometimes it was just a breakfast of Otter Pops and we would put on the monkeys, uh, and just wait for the video store to open. That was back in Nickelodeon was first kind of getting going. Yeah. And they showed episodes of the monkeys. Um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, we wait for the video store to open up. And we were fortunate enough, we lived within probably uh, a one mile, two mile radius of about four, four video stores. There was Super Video, there was Spotlight Video, there was a Pop and Go Video, and um, gosh, the other one, is, the name escapes me. And we would get on our bikes about 10 o'clock every morning and ride to the video store and uh, where we just, we were literally like kids in a candy store <laughs> because just perusing all of the beautiful box art that uh, 
the video store's uh, shelves contained. And um, we were also fortunate enough because, like I said, half the workers that worked there were probably either hungover or still drunk from the night before or stoned because they could have cared less what we rented, um, no matter what kind of debauchery was on, on the front, no matter how violent or... or uh, uh, sexual in nature they didn't care um, as long as we brought it back on time i guess Mm -hmm. to avoid those uh late fees so um but yeah i came across this because my older brother rented it um and we went home and and watched it i think he watched it first and then he goes oh my god you got to see this movie (laughs) it's guy gets his leg broken and the bone sticking out and of course (laughs) for for like a you know 13 year old kid uh man that was right down my alley and uh, watched the movie, watched it again, watched it countless times, became obsessed with the movie, uh, endlessly quotable. I, I knew the movie front and back. Um, my friends would, and I would get together. We would you know, run lines back and forth. We were trying to stretch our legs you know, uh, to be able to do the splits. Uh, <laughs> fell in love with Bola Young, uh, the Chong Lee character. It got me into working out. I wanted a chest like that. I wanted those pecs. I wanted Bolo Young's pecs. So it got me into working out. Um, this movie was an inspiration to me. So do you remember the very first time you came across it? I think it probably would have been in the late 90s. Um, didn't rent it, but I probably saw it on TBS or TNT. Yeah. Something like that. Which movies for guys who like movies. They ran all kinds of movies like that back in the late 80s and the 90s. Uh, so that's where I saw it, and then I probably saw it on DVD again in the 2000s or something. Yeah. So We were talking earlier, um, Blu-ray. Like I have my original VHS copy that my parents bought me um, for Christmas one year. Uh, back in the day, you know, Blockbuster, after they had, like, thousands of new releases, they would sell them for cheap. Well, yeah. cheap for the time. It was, like, 12 bucks, 15 bucks, 10 bucks if you were lucky. But anyway, I remember getting like a stack of VHS, used VHS from Blockbuster for Christmas one year, Bloodsport being one of them. Um, But we're in 2023, so there has to be a Blu-ray copy or a widescreen copy out there somewhere. Um, And my God, if this comes out in 4K high def, (laughs) I want to see, I I have to see... uh, uh, Chong Lee and uh, I have to see uh, uh, Jackson uh, you know oh man I, I, I don't even know where to begin with how much I love this movie but uh, anyway so yeah he as, as uh, T-Bone was saying I have the he has the DVD I have my old Snapcase DVD and I don't have it on Blu-ray that I know of it's not out there but maybe I'm wrong so um, anyway but yeah here we are talking about Bloodsport, but go ahead. What, what do you what do you, what do you think? Well, the movie is based on a quote unquote true story uh, about Frank Dukes. <laughs> we'll use which, that term loosely. Yes, I don't. I don't know if you read it all about Frank Dukes. I, I just kind of heard like there was a, a like a article several years back about he's basically like a scam artist (laughs) yeah this guy is a he's a piece of work um so you know when between frank dukes and van damme when van damme is the lesser of two (laughs) douchebags that we're going to be talking about that really says something uh so frank dukes is canadian Born in Canada, April 6, 1956. We're not hold that that against him, though, right? No, no. <laughs> uh, and he moved to California with his family at the age of seven. He claims that when he was 16 years old, a 40th generation ninjutsu teacher named Senzo Tiger Tanaka took him to Japan to train him as a ninja. <laughs> Wait, how old was he? 16. 16! So that... Was like high school, like that's like totally a story you'd hear in high school. Dude, I met this ninja and he took me to Japan and he trained me. Uh, this is like Seagal off the rails <laughs> stuff, but go ahead. So there's 
no evidence that a man named Senzo Tanaka ever existed. Uh, there's a character from a James Bond story, You Only Live Twice, that has the same name. Uh, but Frank Dukes claims that Ian Fleming named the James Bond character after the quote-unquote real Senzo Tanaka. Oh, of course he did. Yeah. And no one ever was able to find out what happened to Tanaka. Even Dukes claimed that he had no idea where Tanaka was for many years. And he, he eventually claimed that he died in 1975. <laughs> and he can't even keep his own story straight because he says he died in California. And other times he says he died in Japan. Uh-huh. Uh, so Frank Dukes was actually in the Marine Corps Reserve from 1979 1975 to 1981 and he claimed to have gone on covert missions in Southeast Asia and well so let me repeat those dates (laughs) 1975 to 1981 which is years after the US had been involved in the Vietnam War Mm -hmm. and he's claiming that he went on missions after the war was over (laughs) he also claimed he was awarded the Medal of Honor (laughs) The Congressional Medal of Honor. Yep. So he actually was in the Marine Corps. That's probably one of the only true things he's ever said, but he never deployed anywhere. In 1978, he was referred for psychiatric evaluation for, quote, flighty and disconnected ideas, unquote. He claimed the military sabotaged his records to discredit him. Well, they do that to ninjas. Yeah. (laughs) And all this, if you don't know, by the way, military records are public. Like anybody, if you know someone's name, you can get their military records. and So anyone can look up Frank Duke's military records and see that he's lying. Uh, there was a picture going around at one point of Duke's in a military dress uniform wearing his service ribbons all out of order. <laughs> he's also wearing his, his quote-unquote, his Medal of Honor but the Medal of Honor he's wearing is from the Army. Oh. And, it, it, again, if you don't know, each branch of service has a slightly different take on the Medal of Honor that yeah. they award out, and he's wearing the wrong one. <laughs> he later claimed that the military gave him the wrong Medal of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they tend to do that. They mix them up. I mean, Air Force, Navy, Marines, it's all the same, yeah. right? I mean, um, yeah. Years later... He changed his story and said the whole uniform picture was a Halloween costume. (laughs) (laughs) And he changed his story again and claimed he never said he was awarded a Medal of Honor. (laughs) That's just in the 1970s. Is it Uh, possible to claim stolen valor when you're actually in in the military, though? Like, is that uh, a thing? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Well, if not, not, it is now. I'm not sure if it was illegal back then. It was illegal for a while to claim that you had won the Medal of Honor. Yeah. Uh, And I think it's not illegal again now. Right. Anyway. Um, So, whatever his background was, uh, Black Belt Magazine hired him to write a few articles on martial arts techniques and knife fighting. The magazine described him as having hand-to-hand combat experience in Southeast Asia and holding black belts in Taekwondo and other martial arts. uh, Frank Dukes also wrote an article for Inside Kung Fu magazine in 1987. Other Uh, than, like, the military training, though, did he actually have like martial arts experience or is he just kind of winging it? I don't know. I didn't get that (laughs) into his background. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. He was, he either did have experience or he was a really good fake. (laughs) He bought the book. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so years later, the author of the, those Black Belt articles expressed regret for writing it, saying he found out that Dukes was full of crap <laughs> after the article had been published. And uh, so in 19, going back a few years, in 1975, Dukes claimed that he participated in a competition in the Bahamas called the Kumite. Yes. And this is what the movie Bloodsport is supposedly about. Is the, is the I mean, just to kind of stop you there... Um, 
Kumite. Is that something that, like that word? Is that like is that real or is that something that he invented? Because uh, it sounds so good. That's a good question. And it's too, almost become know. canon now. Yeah. You know, as far as like any kind of martial arts tournaments, I've heard it referred to as a Kumite, and I don't know if that's like a real term or if that's just a <coughs> Frank Duke's term. I don't know. I never thought about that. Yeah, it sounds awesome. It works. <laughs> Uh, so he claims the Kumite was a 60-round single elim- elimination tournament held in secret every five years. Um, and this, the Kumite was covered in the November 1980 issue of Black Belt magazine. Dukes claims to be the first person allowed, quote-unquote, to speak publicly about the Kumite. <laughs> and he also claims to be the first Westerner to ever win. And I'll be saying the word Frank Duke's claims a lot. On this. We'll just title this yeah. Bloodsport, parentheses, Frank Duke's claims. <laughs> uh, during the Kumite, he, Duke's claims to have had 56 consecutive knockouts and a .12 second knockout. Both of those are supposedly world records. And like I said, the Bloodsport is based on this whole... Kumite thing. Uh, the Ministry of Sports for the Bahamas claimed there's no such thing as the Kumite, and even if there was, it would be literally impossible to keep something like that a secret. <laughs> even back in like seventies, eighties times, yeah. like I just feel like that would have leaked out. Yeah, especially the Bahamas. It's kind of a small place. Right, right, right. If he had said mm. China or Russia, that would be <laughs> yeah, else. yeah. Um, the, the only point of contact. For the organization that supposedly staged the Kumite is, you want to guess? Oh. Frank Dukes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was going to say Tanaka, but <laughs> that would make more sense. Um, there is a trophy uh, that Frank Dukes has or had at one point, which claim, he claims he supposedly won at the Kumite. Um, there is some dispute about this trophy there was a receipt unearthed that shows it was bought at a trophy store in California. Um, I thought they got katana swords. Well, he says, also says that after winning the Kumite, he was awarded a sword. Oh, okay. But um, he later <laughs> he later sold it in an effort to buy the freedom of a bunch of orphan, orphans that were kidnapped by pirates. No. Yeah. That's why he doesn't have the sword anymore. <laughs> well, can you blame him? Uh, there was a man named Richard Robinson that was supposedly an eyewitness to the whole Kumite and you know, supports Dukes' claim that he won. A few years later, uh, Robinson was confronted about the matter and he almost immediately recanted his story, saying, quote, All right, I don't know what to say. Frank was a buddy of mine when I was in L.A., unquote. <laughs> There is another man named Richard Bender that also claimed to have been at the Kumite, but then a few years later he had a falling out with Dukes and admitted that Dukes had him make the whole story up. <laughs> so uh, anyway, despite all that, um, he was the Frank Dukes was the fight coordinator for Bloodsport, as well as a few other Van Damme movies, Lionheart and Only the Strong. In 1993, uh, Frank Dukes was confronted at a martial arts trade show by a kickboxer named Zane Frazier. Frazier claimed that Dukes owed, owed him money for teaching classes. And I guess Dukes was good enough. He had actually had a martial arts studio in L.A. around this time. So, uh-huh. um, so Frazier and Dukes got in a fight, like an actual physical brawl, at this trade show. And Dukes got his ass kicked <laughs> in front of multiple witnesses including some uh somebody from the gracie family was there and witnessed this whole thing <laughs> it reminds me of that story of, of judo jean labelle choking out seagal on the uh i don't remember i think it may have been like executive decision or one of these seagal films like you know seagal had already kind of claimed he has a very similar backstory he claimed he did all of these crazy things and Nobody could really, you know, corroborate that he he did these things. Anyway, uh, but Seagal had claimed that his extensive uh, 
uh, Aikido training prevented him from ever being choked out. <laughs> and then you have like 60-year-old Judo Jean Lavelle who was on the set and said, like, I can choke you out. <laughs> so Seagal seen like the 60-year-old man was like, there's no way. And I guess Lavelle like choked him out. And like people are on the set, like not only did, did uh, Judo Jean Lavelle choke out Seagal in like 15 seconds, that Seagal literally actually like shit his pants. <laughs> Like, during the like, that's the story, that he literally crapped his pants, like, yeah, after he got choked out. So anyway, it reminds me of that story, like, all these guys that claim to do all these amazing things, but then when it comes time to, like, really show off, that they just can't back it up, but anyway. So Frank Dukes got beat up by this kickboxer in front of a whole bunch of people. Dukes claimed that Frazier sucker punched him wearing brass knuckles, but... Literally no one else who saw this backs up Dukes. Everyone sides with Frazier. Yeah. And they were, you know, there were some pretty high-profile martial arts guys like one of the Gracie guys and some other people. Um, it, it gets even wilder. <laughs> no. Uh, in 1996, Frank Dukes wrote a book called The Secret Man, an American Warrior's Uncensored Story. Um. In this book, Dukes claims that CIA director at the time, William J. Casey, recruited him in a public restroom <laughs> to go on secret missions, <laughs> <laughs> including destroying a fuel depot in Nicaragua and a chemical weapons plant in Iraq. <laughs> public restroom. <laughs> Recruiting. That's what happened when I joined the Army. I don't yeah. know if I told you that. It's just in the bathroom one day. And you got the recruiter walked yeah. in, stalled up next to you. <laughs> Tapped his foot under the yeah. door. <laughs> you want to join the Army? Can you spare a square? <laughs> um, the CIA, CIA director after William Casey was Robert Gates. He never heard of Dukes, and he never heard of anyone at the CIA that claimed to have worked with the Dukes. General Norman Schwarzkopf of <laughs> Storm and Norman of Desert Storm fame. R.I.P. And another uh, general named John Singlob uh, also was mentioned in Dukes's book, but the generals denied any involvement with him. General Singlob even had his lawyer attempt to cease publication of the book. S uh, Soldier of Fortune mm -hmm. magazine pointed out numerous plot holes in the book. Um, a CIA spokesman uh, spoke about the book, and he said it was unusual for the CIA to even talk about books like that. But he said that Dukes' claims were so preposterous that they thought it was necessary to say something. <laughs> I almost want to try to find a copy of this yeah, book. Yeah, I want to read it. Um, Dukes, in the book, also Dukes claimed that before World War II, his dad worked for Mossad, the Israeli intelligence agency. <laughs> But uh, Mossad didn't even exist at the time. <laughs> There's a photo in the book of Dukes posing with a Navy SEAL commander, Lieutenant Commander Larry Simmons, who later said that Dukes <clears throat> is not an American warrior, but a con man. <laughs> so that's kind of the highlights of that book. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see the movie of that book. Yeah, absolutely. If, if Bloodsport can be made, we, we've got, we've got to, to get the movie version of this book. Uh, yeah. Uh, in 90, 1996, Dukes again teamed up with Van Damme and co-wrote the movie The Quest. Uh, almost immediately after, Dukes sued Van Damme, claiming that the film was too similar to another script that they had written together. <laughs> Like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, you knew what it was about while you were writing it, and then later you said, no, wait, you can't, you can't do that. Like, you wrote it. What are you talking about? Maybe he's talking about the same script. Like, they, they wrote one, and then they went back and, like, punched it up, and then, wait a minute, it's too close to what we already had. Uh, so Dukes lost the case. Um, he claimed that there was audio tape of Dukes and Van Damme, uh, you know, having conversations about this whole thing. But when he was asked, when you know, when he was, they told him to produce the audio tapes, he said um, they were destroyed in the 1994 Northridge earthquake. <laughs> so, oop, I don't have them. Everything has like an elaborate story. It just can't be like, well, I accidentally taped over it. Yeah. You know, I was recording yeah. some, making some mixtapes <laughs> and I accidentally recorded over it. 
There's this earthquake, see? (laughs) (laughs) Aliens, see? (laughs) Uh, He he appealed the case, but it was dismissed for good in 1999. Uh, Frank Dukes claims that his fight record was 321 wins, one loss, and seven draws. I want to meet the man, though, that beat him. Yeah, well... He also claims that he retired undefeated with 329 wins and zero losses. So, he's, <laughs> oh, yeah, and he can't keep his own can't story, keep straight. story straight. None of this fight information has ever been verified or yeah. anything. Oh, here's one more little tidbit. He claims to have stopped an assassination attempt on Steven Seagal. <laughs> no! <laughs> if there are two bigger douchebags that could possibly have gotten together, I can't imagine it being better than Frank Dukes and, and Steven Seagal. So that's kind of the background on Dukes, about whom Bloodsport, and uh, so... Do you know how um, he approached, like, how did he get this film made? Like, if everybody knew he was this kind of... I mean, regardless, I I mean, let's just be honest, it's a great freaking story. Like, whether it's true or whether it's not, it's a great freaking story, and it works well as a movie, but do you know, like, how... I mean, it's a canon film, number one, which yeah. canon films are, we're kind of, if you if you're, if you know, you know, canon films. So I, I know that it's like low budget to begin with. They're just quick. They just pump them out. Mm-hmm. They don't really care about quality as long as, you know, all the elements are there. Yeah. I do have a couple notes on that here in a second. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I just have, want to make a quick, in case for some reason you don't know who Van Damme is. Oh, um, yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, couple, let's, couple notes on him. Yeah, quick, okay, let's talk about Van Damme. So we can get people caught up to speed to this point in his career. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So he was born Jean-Claude Camille Francois Van Varenberg. Whoa. Yeah. In uh, October 18th, 1960 in Brussels, Belgium. The, the muscles, muscles from, from Brussels. Brussels. <laughs> <laughs> he started martial arts at the age of 10. He earned a black belt in karate at 18. He started lifting weights and eventually won a Mr. Belgium bodybuilding title. Uh, starting at the age of 16, he studied ballet for five years. He also studied Taekwondo and Muay Thai. He had a competitive martial arts career that lasted from 1976 to 1982, where his record was 44 wins and 4 losses in semi-contact matches and 18 wins and one loss in full contact matches, and all of his wins were KOs. Dang. So. He's legit. Yeah, compared to Dukes, Van Dam was actually <laughs> a uh, legitimate fighter on the European scene. He's it, man. Yeah. He also won a few, uh, you know, like regional team tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and all, all of this is, like, Legit, there's legitimate records and of all right. this, you know, he's not a fraud like Dukes. Yeah, yeah. Van Damme was a legitimate fighter. So he actually had a background in right. martial arts. Uh, if you go to his Wikipedia page, you can see all his fights, who he fought, and all that stuff. I wonder if there's videotapes of that. Wouldn't that be yeah. cool, like, you know, seeing him as a youngster yeah. competing? Um, so in 1982, he retired from competitive martial arts and moved to the United States with a friend of his. California to try to work his way up the movie industry ladder. It happens to be the guy that he gets the leg broken in Bloodsport. I do know that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. His friend? Yeah, his friend. Yeah, but go ahead. Um, He started working as extras and smaller roles and making contacts in the industry. He befriended Chuck Norris at one point and worked as a bouncer at some club that Chuck Norris owned. He was cast as the Predator in nineteen <laughs> in the nineteen eighty seven movie. Did you, you know the story? I, I do yeah. know the story. The suit is what yeah. threw him off. Right? Um, like he couldn't. He was such a baby or a puss. He couldn't yeah. handle the suit. Yeah, he quit after a few days because he didn't like the way that he was being used in the movie. Um, he later said that he doesn't regret regret quitting Predator, and says he likes the movie just fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this, there's one shot in the movie that's still him. No. It's like, there's one shot where the Predator steps into the camera and like, that, his leg is, that's the one shot of Van Damme that's still in the movie. Oh, okay. Some Predator leg shot. Well, of course, it had to be his legs. I thought the Predator maybe doing the splits between two tree stumps. (laughs) Punching Arnold in the crowd. Yeah, 
punch <sighs> with his mandibles. Um, so immediately after Predator, he was cast in Bloodsport, which was his breakout role, and he went on to make dozens of movies and millions of dollars. Um, before we get back to Bloodsport, I... That went up I, his I, nose. Yeah. <laughs> I have a few trivia tidbits about Van Damme. Uh, so yeah, in the 90s, he developed a $10,000 a week cocaine habit. <laughs> I don't know how much cocaine that is, but that sounds like a lot. That sounds like a lot to me. Uh, he's been married five times to four different women. Um, and so there was a party in 1997. There was a party at Sylvester Stallone's house where Van Damme and Seagal were both there. And Seagal had, I guess, supposedly claimed that he could beat Van Damme in a fight. And Van Damme was like, okay, let's fight. <laughs> and he kept trying to get Seagal out into the backyard of Stallone's house to fight. And uh, Seagal, Seagal was like, no, no, I gotta go, I gotta go. So he just <laughs> left. And uh, I don't know if this happened the same night or like a few days later or what, but Van Damme like, followed him or tracked him down to a nightclub uh-huh. and tried to get him, keep trying to get him to fight. And Seagal kept backing down. And uh, Stallone... Stallone claims that Seagal knew that Van Damme could kick his ass, and that's why he didn't want to fight him. Um, the video game Mortal Kombat was large, strongly influenced by Van Damme. Yeah. And, uh, which is ironic that Van Damme later went on to star in a Street Fighter movie. Right, right. So that was, that's kind of a brief Van Damme story up to Bloodsport. So, yeah, Bloodsport was... Uh, Released in, by Canon Films in 1988, directed by a guy named Newt Arnold. The screenwriter was Sheldon Ledich, and in answer to your question, he had somehow met Frank Dukes and known him for a few months, mm-hmm. and uh, Dukes was telling him all these stories, and uh, that's when uh, Sheldon Ledich came up with the idea to make it into Bloodsport, and uh, Ledich even says that he knew Dukes' stories were BS, <laughs> but he's like, oh, it'd be a cool movie anyway. Yeah, for sure. So, it's like, if Frank Dukes could just admit, like, I'm a creative guy, I yeah. didn't do all the things that I said I did, but, like, I have a brain for it, you know? And uh, Sheldon Ledich even called Frank Dukes delusional <laughs> at one point, so he knew, it, he knew it was crap, but it's an awesome story. So it is a great story. That's, that's how they got the, the idea for the movie. Um, the producer, a guy named Mark DeSalle, was looking for a martial arts store, martial arts star who is a ladies' man, but it turned out Van Damme also appealed to men as well, so that's kind of how he got <laughs> yeah. cast in it. It was filmed entirely on location in Hong Kong, one of the only films ever to have been partially filmed inside Kowloon Walled City before it was demolished in 1993. Mm. I don't know if you knew anything about that. I didn't know anything about that. It's a, that's an interesting story we're not, we don't need to get into. But yeah. It had a budget of one and a half to two and a half million dollars, and it grossed 50 million. Yeah. It was the most profitable Canon film of 1988. Uh, by 1989, it had sold 150,000 VHS units. <laughs> How many of those were yours? <laughs> yeah. At I least three had, or four? Yeah, I only had one of those. <laughs> And it was a rental copy. <laughs> Blockbuster probably hadn't. Well. Uh, the DVD was released in 2002. Uh, yeah, I didn't see anything about a Blu-ray. It's got to be out on Blu-ray. It had a lot of negative reviews at the time, but it had gone on. It's gone on to become a huge cult film. It was followed by three direct-to-video sequels, none of which star Van Damme. It's credited with partially popularizing the sport of full-contact mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. And a former President Trump claims that it is his all-time favorite film. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's the only black mark uh, on its record <laughs> is that it's Donald Trump's favorite movie. <laughs> well, at least you can... At least, no matter what, that's, you can give him credit for that. It's, <laughs> yeah. he, like, he likes blood sport, at least. Yeah. I mean, if you have to like something about him, I mean, and it's... Tongue planted firmly in cheek. At least at Bloodsport. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's that's kind of my notes about the film. Would you? Uh, oh you man. Um, I mean, I think you pretty much well covered it all. All of my questions about kind of like how it came to be. Uh, but there's just so much that I love about this movie, starting with the cast. I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine Van Damme 
um, anybody playing this role other than Van Damme. Because he's still kind of naive. He's still young mm-hmm. in this movie. He's still able to be directed, I think, before he kind of got inside his own head yeah. and became a little big for his yeah. britches. Um, and just, I mean, we've got to say Chong Lee. <laughs> it's got to be one of the most yeah. memorable bad guys in all of action movie history. Like I, when I when I think you know think about at least one of the most memorable um, Chinese villains. Like, yeah, for for martial arts movies. Yeah, yeah, uh, and the guy only had like five lines in the whole movie. Like you know, like mm. <laughs> break not hit back. <laughs> you are next. Uh, now I must break you. Like I break your friend. Like I mean, that's like all the lines I think that he had in the film. Uh, Donald Gibson is Jackson. I mean, like, first of all, my, my first question is, you know, this is a, a tournament that is supposedly the invitations went out to the best of the best, mm-hmm. right? But Jackson got an invitation. What is his style? Well, I think... <laughs> is it a pit fighter or I, is I, it... I didn't mention this, but I had read it. One of these other guys, uh... I think it was a Richard Robinson, one of the other eyewitnesses that was supposedly at the Kumite. Yeah. Um, he was there because supposedly he was a really good high school wrestler. Oh. So I, I think that character might be based, based on him. Based on him. Because like, watching him, like I don't think he did any martial arts at all. He, like, he's just grabbed... like a big American lug. <laughs> yeah, he's like a big, like a bar. He's the yeah. guy at the end of the bar that could beat everybody up in the bar and that's right. his style. That's why he's like a tank abbot, like a pit yeah. fighter or something like that. But uh, he's such a memorable, I mean, God, like I just, I cannot say enough about like uh, Donald Gibson in this. Even the guy that plays like the, uh, I don't know his name, um, but the plays like the escort or the liaison. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You Jackson? Yeah. You look put like up, a Jackson. Put up your dukes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, like, again, it's endlessly quotable film. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know. Um, like it's kind of a movie trope. This was probably one of the first movies that did it to have like all these stereotypical characters. Yeah. Like Van Damme is the straight laced martial arts guy and you've got the American biker guy yeah there's like the monkey guy <laughs> so there's all these like defined stereotypes of characters for like fighting but also like movie stereotype characters right, right. um and i think it it does it really well yeah like it's not like too over the top right 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 and it's not like too offensive <laughs> it walks the line yeah, yeah. No, I agree because it really opened up my eyes to different forms of martial arts. You know, whether they're, I mean, the monkey guy that you mentioned, I mean, it's it's monkey fist, but it's obviously like a very exaggerated form of that or version of that. Um, then that's the very first time I remember seeing Muay Thai with the guy that like cinched and yeah. threw, I mean, I was just like, oh my God, like that is so badass. Like I want to know what that is. Um, and then like the sumo guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, which again is, is based off, I mean, they ended up basing a lot, like you said, the characters off of, uh, was it Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Mortal Kombat. Okay. Yeah. Based on Van Damme. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause like that character's in there. Um, then Chong Lee obviously did Taekwondo, um, uh, it's still Kung Fu, I think, but they, he was from Korea in the movie. So they were saying, like, Taekwondo. And I never even thought about it being, like, a catalyst to, like, mixed martial arts tournaments. Because this, I think, I remember, like, the very first couple of UFCs, they were billing it as the real blood sport, um, where you had all these styles coming together. Right. So it's a genius idea that had never been done before, you know, and you got to give Dukes a little credit there for coming up with that. Right. Because I was a huge Shaw Brothers, you know, fan growing up, martial arts movie fan growing up and I don't ever remember seeing I mean there'd been tournament films you know but nothing where it was always like my kung fu is better than your kung mm-hmm. fu or my style is better than your style it's wing chung and like whatever but it's all essentially the same thing right. but I don't want to offend anybody because I just don't know because I'm a dumb American but um, it's all 
<laughs> Ch- Chinese martial arts. Right, but it was just my style is better than your style. It was never like, oh, well, my karate is better than, like... I mean, you might see it, you know, in some of the Shaw Brothers films, but um, anyway, but yeah, this... And I all, just, you know, it, you had all the video games that followed that... The fighting video games follow that format. You know, there's E-Honda, and then there's Ken and Ryu, and then Saget. All their... Yeah define stereotypes of fighting styles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat and like how many fighting video games followed that format. Right, right, right. Bloodsport no. definitely may, I don't know if it was the first movie but probably the most uh, well-known American movie to kind of um, you know create that format. Right, right, right. Start that format. Yeah. Well, um some of our favorite scenes. What what is a scene that comes to mind as far as like when you think of blood sport? What do you think of? Uh, in the, at the beginning when they're playing that video game in yeah. the bar. Yeah. I don't know why I always think of that because <laughs> it just. I mean, it's a real video game, right? Yeah, it was. It was a, but it was a video game only available like over in uh, overseas. It, I don't think it ever came. There may have been a version that came to America, but it wasn't that same one. But, but yeah. yeah, it's funny because it just looks terrible. Like yeah, the video game. I mean, at the time, it was probably kind of on par. But yeah, if you watch it now, it just looks like a terrible video game. Yeah, and they're just like <laughs> button mashing. And... Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the things that that sticks out in my mind, obviously, is the training sequence that yeah. opens the film. Oh, to yeah, me. Yeah. Right up there with like Rocky for the training montage for Bloodsport. Even, like, I mean, it, well, it begins with a montage of like them all getting ready mm-hmm. in that montage and just that music that Paul Herzog. I have the soundtrack, and if you, that soundtrack is glorious, <laughs> absolutely glorious yeah. to work out to, to cruise around in, it's freaking amazing. But you have like that that pumping music, you know, just oh my god! But then you get the training sequence, but everything that even leads up to that. So um, you know, like I wasn't going to steal it. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> I was going to ask you the the flashback scene where Van Damme is a kid. Is he dubbing his own voice as a kid? I, I it sounds so weird. I no. It's obviously dubbed over. Yeah. But it sounds like him pretending to be a kid. Right. And it could I be. Know. I don't know the yeah. That's why there needs to be like criteria needs to jump on this uh and come up with a definitive, you know, story of this movie cuz there is so many unanswered questions like why um speaking of the kid like uh, you know, I don't know how much of a sports fan you are, but he has a uh New York Giants football jersey on. Uh-huh. But he has a San Francisco Giants hat on, so like, and I don't know, like, if he's just a big fan of Giants because, like, we're on two different coasts: New York Giants and San Francisco Giants. But it's all Giants. Like, I don't know that they just didn't realize that just because they're the Giants does it mean that they're in the same town in the same sport? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But um, there's just even the flashbacks. He's like, there's so many quotable lines. Like, someday. I fight in the Kumite, make my father proud. <laughs> I used to say that all the time as a kid. Like, you know, like, what is your dream? Like, you know, because when you're growing up, people always ask you, like, what do you think you want to do when you grow up? Yeah. And just to be a wise ass, I would say that. Like, <laughs> someday I'm going to fight in the Kumite, make my father proud. And they'd look at me like, you're an idiot. And I was an idiot, but yeah. that's, that was my go-to line. So there's, like, that one. There's just the whole, like, training sequence of, you know, him just getting the crap kicked out of him for, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. finally, like, oh, he has that moment where maybe this kid does have something. Um, is brilliant. Forrest Whitaker's brilliant yeah. <laughs> in the movie. Probably one of his earliest roles. Right? Uh, yeah, well, that maybe Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I mean, he was in that pretty young. But um, I like when the guy gets his gold tooth knocked out. <laughs> yeah. The janitor's up there. It's scrubbing. Yeah. yeah. Ha! You lose, American asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but like, again, like I could quote this movie frontwards and backwards, and uh, even today, like I will, you know, I say these things um, from that movie. Uh, of that, speaking of that character, Hussein, who for, like, I couldn't catch his nationality because his name is Hussein, and he wears like the he looked Filipino to me. Yeah. And again, I'm just I don't know, but he had like the. 
the uh, not the turban, but what is the yeah, the uh, what is that called? Yeah, yeah. So he was wearing that. So like, I didn't get like what his style was. But um, when kids like, you know, like now it's your turn, like or something like that. And I, I always say, even to my kids, like now I show you something to go to do. <laughs> so I, I always say stuff like that. Just this movie is quotable. It's a part of my life. Um, so yeah. Well, I w- I want to know because the budget was around two million dollars, but they must have had some cheap crew because they. Filmed the whole thing in Hong Kong. That I don't know, and I don't know about the Kumite set, but it looks really awesome. Yeah. Like, what did they spend on that? Was that yeah. a real place? Yeah. Did they build that somewhere? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it looks. The like the movie looks good. It looks like, you know, a twenty or thirty million dollar film. Yeah. Even for that time. <laughs> um, but yeah, two million dollars. It's amazing. And it looks good. It's it's like. Technically, it's a well-done movie. Yeah. The fighting, yeah. the choreography is really good. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I said Frank Dukes choreographed it. I don't know. If he I had to have had some help because there's not... I, don't, I just don't yeah. see him being able to pull that off. Well, Bolo Ewing was a pro. Yeah. Van Damme was a pro. Yeah. Probably a lot of those other guys were pros. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. he probably didn't have to do too much. And what about, like, the one black guy that's, like, shows up towards, like, the end, like, his semifinal match or whatever, and he just doesn't even say anything, and he just, like, points at him like this... And then he like takes his hands and then yeah. he like mimes like breaking a stick and right. he's just like you like beating his chest and then like and then like Van Damme like knocks him like right off that, the platform. That must have been the point one two <laughs> world record yeah. knockout. Yeah, Jackson stands up. Like, Whoa! First fight in the Cooper Day break the freaking world record. That's my buddy. <laughs> like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's such a great movie. Um, I, I cannot say enough. It's it's a go-to movie for me. It's a, I'm not even going to say it's a guilty pleasure movie because I feel no guilt or shame when I'm watching it and as much as I enjoy it. Yeah. But it is one that I visit a lot. Like, I will watch this movie at least once or twice a year um, just because it, I don't know, it just takes me back to like a much happier time in my life, I guess. Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but just the nostalgia factor of it and it, it doesn't get old. It's one of those films that is almost timeless. Yeah. Um, even that Stan Bush song, like, you know it by heart. Uh, Kumite, 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 Kumite. I <laughs> oh my God, man! I yeah, Bloodsport. So um, arguably the best Van Damme movie. Yeah. Probably one of the best American-made martial arts movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, and there was a lot of like you said piggybacked. Um, that I tried to watch. You just can't get into them. Um, Kickboxer being one of them. Mitch was good, but it certainly tried to follow a very similar formula of, of Bloodsport, which to me didn't work. Um, it's good, but it's not as good as Bloodsport. But then right. there's like the whole like blood fight and like <laughs> blood kick and like, you know, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know, King of Kickboxers. And there's like all of these crazy movies that tried to piggyback off that success and they were pumping them out. Right. Um, I think Blood Fight is one that I actually have and it stars um, Bolo Young and he plays a character called um, uh, Chong Lo, I think. <laughs> and it's it's almost like a beat-for-beat beat fight scenes of Bloodsport. Um, right. But again, like, you know, Chong Lee's got to eat, Bolo's got to eat, so... Uh, I don't fault him for taking uh, those. He he was riding the riding the wave, for sure. <laughs> well, he was a uh, Bolo Yoon was the major villain in Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Yes, yeah, that's probably the first time I remember seeing him, and so, I didn't even make the connection that it was the same guy until he, years later. He was a big star in the uh, Chinese film industry at this time. Yeah. Mr. Hong Kong as well. He was a oh, bodybuilder, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I have a few of his movies. Um, Chinese Hercules. You've mm-hmm. seen that one. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, even though he's still... Whatever, a whatever that one is. Oh, yeah. Kung Fu Heroes. Yeah, he's up on the wall. Uh, the Pantheon uh, in the dojo. Uh, yeah. I don't even think he's billed as Bolo Young there. Because um, he, he didn't change his name until after he got his name Bolo because that was the character's name in Enter the Dragon. Yeah. And he liked it so much, he just kept it. So um, I, I know that story as well. But uh, anyway, so yeah, blood sport. Should we move on <laughs> to the workout? 
Yeah, we definitely want to hear the probably lots of splits and fish <laughs> grabs and uh, let's hear hear the blood sport workout for you All enthusiasts right. out there. I try to keep these kind of simple so you can do them at home mostly. Yeah. So this is the official Pump Action Podcast blood sport workout. You. So you want to start out with push-ups. Of course. A hundred push-ups, as many sets as it takes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you might have to work up to that. And then a uh, hundred crunches. Oh, yeah. Get that core. That midsection taut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, if you have a heavy bag, there's, there's our heavy bag yeah. right there. Um, you want to do a hundred jab cross combos uh-huh. on the heavy bag. Ooh. Ooh. Or if you don't have a heavy bag, you can just shadow box these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then you want to do a hundred front kicks. Mm-hmm. And a hundred roundhouse kicks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can Google to see how to do those. And then, of course, you want to practice your side splits. <laughs> yeah. What about the spinning split kick? The helicopter click. Uh, helicopter <laughs> kick is what I named it. I don't think that's the yeah. technical name of it, but it's like yeah. the spinning split kicks that he made famous. Well, we've got the optional exercises. Playing arcade fighting games. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sharpens your your hand eye coordination right. for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, running from the military police. <laughs> Combat boots only. Right. Yeah. And then uh, having your sparring partner partner blind you before you punch him in the crotch. <laughs> A bunch of cro- crotch punches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All rock salt in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but don't forget to like somehow, uh, you know pry up your your workout space where it's like kind of on a slant or like an angle like a little half like a little half pipe or quarter pipe uh skateboard ramp maybe you could work out on one of the skate uh skateboard parks in your in your local neighborhood once you uh, work up past the heavy bag you can start punching the bricks oh yeah dim muck at these cinder blocks here yeah (laughs) dim muck death touch All right. Well, I think that's going to probably wrap it up for for blood sport. Um, watch it if you haven't. Yeah, watch it if you haven't, and come back and thank us later. Uh, my body's ready. My heart's on.